Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall, just fall. It's a final word daily. Adam Collins and Cam Ponsonby. There has been a result inside four days at Vizag for Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. Cam, tell us about India's victory in 30 seconds. Mukesh Kumar, 1 for 26, guides into to a famous victory. 106 ones, the margin of the win in the end. Uh, yeah, let's be honest, it was Ashwin, it was Bumrah, it was Shreyas Iyer in the field. A fantastic clinical performance from India, wraps up and prevents another England miracle. It's one all in the series. We go to the break between test matches with the series alive. It's brilliant, it's exciting, and there's still three more of them to come. What a great test match on a brilliant pitch. To me, it's just proof that they don't need to roll out those shit heaps to present themselves with great opportunities to win. Um, this was everything you want in a test match. So England lose by 106 runs, but they've played pretty well. You know, 396 and 255 plays, 253 and 292 for that margin of 106. No 100 run stands in the whole test match. So it always had that sort of push and pull feel. And we go back to Saturday afternoon, Cam, and the boomer spell, which defines everything that you know, there's the Jaiswell double hundred and Gill's hundred, so I don't want to sort of uh, brush over that. But the fact that Boomer finishes with nine for 91, it was fitting that he picked up the last wicket and broke up that partnership between Folks and Hartley on the final afternoon, well, the fourth afternoon, just when it was building some momentum, giving England fans something to believe in again. Uh, and it was Boomer. It's always Boomer. Um, England finished with 11 scores in the test match between 21 and 47. Eight scores in the 20s. And the contrast there, of course, being Jaiswell and Gill 
uh, making, uh, well, 200 and 100 respectively, and then Boomerah. And, and yeah, the, the close margin or relatively close margin in the sweep of things reflects that England played pretty well, uh, but India, uh, they were exceptional. And um, yeah, what a great series we have in the offing now as we move to Rajkot in nine days' time. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting in that. I don't know if I agree necessarily that it's a great test match. I think I had displays of individual brilliance. I thought India were always ahead. I didn't necessarily think that England were ever really likely to win. I didn't feel like it, there was ever a point in the match where it really felt level. I'm trying to go backwards in time now and if I do agree with what I've just said. But I think it bodes quite uh, badly for England and not in a negative sense, just in the case of I think India have won here and there's more left to come from them. They're going to get Jadeja and Kohli back at some point. They're going to get Kale Rahul back yeah. at some point. This is a brittle batting lineup. It's probably the weakest in the 11. England are going to have the opportunity to face. It wasn't a spinning deck where it was a case of, oh my goodness me, look where we are. We can blame something else. It was pretty even. It was pretty good for everything, basically. And India came out on top. That yep. being said, to give England the credit where it's due, you messaged me this earlier in the, along the lines of, I can't think of a team ever playing better to then lose by more than 100 runs. And I absolutely agree with that. You kind of go mm. through each innings and you go, right, England kept India to 396. Fair play, really good effort on that wicket, how bad it looks. Jaiswal batted brilliantly. Then you go, they got 250 in their first innings. Yeah, it's not brilliant, but that Jasper Brimmer's a genius, isn't he? What can you do? Bowl out India for 250. Brilliant, fair play, lads. Incredible achievement. Then you have the miracle chase that they have to embark on, win 399 to win. And they gave it a good old go. And until the Kuldeep Yadav and Jasper Brimmer double strike on the cusp of lunch and the six balls before lunch, hey, it looked like a miracle was going to happen again. It was a fantastic test match, um, which, well, I think I started this by saying it wasn't a fantastic test match. So I'm lying to myself and the listeners now. But anyway, it was an enthralling <laughs> at, po at times, at points, occasionally test match and India were the deserved winners. You're, you're a co-host on this show. You're entitled to change your mind. Jeff and I have proven that <laughs> over the years. Um, yeah, I think it's mostly due to the fact that England did have really impressive passages of play, typically at the start of a day. So once again today, they, they broadly speaking won the first hour, certainly won the first hour yesterday, won the first hour on day two, and were roughly level pegging at lunch on, on day one. So they, they started days well uh, and had other passages where they, where they did um, control the game to an extent. I think what I mentioned before about there being no 100-run partnerships in the whole test match is part of that energy where every time India looked like they were going to completely monster England, they'd lose a wicket. And those couple of yeah. um, late wickets on day one dictated the discourse there to an extent. And, you know, today to go back to the start, England do win the early exchanges. Um, they lose Ryan Ahmed leg before to Akshar Patel, that classic 2021 style delivery from him around the wicket, blew his pad off 95 for two. Probably the biggest psychological moment of the first hour and a half or so was Ollie Pope. Uh, who is out to a brilliant catch from Rohit Sharma. Ashwin in the game, his second wicket, got one last night as well. Root tries to hit himself out of form, eventually gets a top edge off Ashwin, his 499th test wicket. I was watching a clip from Ashwin talking about his various grips and the way he cocks his hand to bowl, his different varieties, and, and that's the one that he tries to go over the top and it works perfectly to get Root out for another low score. Uh, so he's got three of the first four. But even so, due to their scoring rate, at 194 for four, just before lunch, with Bairstow ticking over at a pretty decent clip and Stokes down the other end, you're thinking, well, it's not in balance. India, of course, should win the game from there, but it speaks to the 
the, the joy of watching this England team chase over the last couple of years that it kind of feels like balance, even when it isn't, until the disaster with two wickets falling. On the stroke of lunch, uh, Crawley, then Bairstow, both league before wicket, and the game feels very different by the long break. Yeah, and England were really, really positive and attacking in the way they went about it. I know we always expected that. Jimmy Anderson said yesterday after play, he's like, oh, we'll look to do it in 60 or 70 overs. Get go, go, an even five and over. Like, okay, brilliant. Um, but Ollie Pope reverse swept his second ball for four. Joe Rep reverse swept his first ball for four. Tom Hartley got off the mark with a six. Yeah. It was that kind of, it was going back to the basball cliches of old where it's like running towards the danger, leaning, leaning to the carnage and all the rest of it. Joe Root was a really interesting one. He got 16 off 10. It was a, such an unusual innings. I've heard two completely contrasting reports that um, his finger's really bad, and that was off the record. And then I've heard another one where they went, oh, no, it's actually way better than um, we expected. He's fine. Um, so, hey, pick whichever one is true in two weeks' time. And then oh, that's the one I said originally. Um, I think that would definitely have been holding back Root to a certain extent. He took two blows to the finger yesterday, one in practice before play, then another during the match. And so I think he was almost like the wild card. He was almost playing the, the hand that Ray and Ahmed was meant, meant to play mm. in terms of just like have a, fl a flash, have a pinch hit, see what happens. But it, it goes back again to India won the crucial moments, which is... I thought it, yeah. it's interesting because you can say, oh, that makes it a close game. Or if one person always wins the fine margins, does that just mean they were better? I always think about this in tennis. If someone wins 6-4, 6-4, 6-4, yeah, it's only one break of serve in each set, but they've consistently been a little bit better than you, which means they're actually quite a lot better than you. And in, in India had that of turning those. They had two people reach 70 and both of them turned them into hundreds. And it's one of the real cruelties of cricket in that you can look at Zach Crawley, who's batted absolutely beautifully in this test match, and then you could make a case, you could have an old school man be like, he's got, to, he's got to go on, he's got to do better than that, you can't be giving it away with 70. And it's cruel, it's horrible, but I don't know if I, don't know if I agree with that sentiment of whether you can blame someone who's got 150 runs in the test match, but on the flip side, given how difficult people found it to turn 20s into 40s, etc., does some responsibility lay at the door of the lad who's got 70. Um, I'll be interested to know what other people think about that. I would be hesitant to criticise someone who's batted pretty bloody well and has been England's best batter across this test match. I thought Will Mack wrote a good piece in the Telegraph yesterday about Crawley in the first innings um, throwing it away. Didn't, and, and he was being um, he was being complimentary. The framework was that no one really saw Crawley as being the, the banker. In this England top six, he was picked for, I think uh, Stokes might have said it back in 2022, that they're not picking Crawley uh, to, to reach 50, they're picking Crawley for the big hundreds on the day when he absolutely clicks. Well, so far in the series, he's actually been quite consistent. Um, mm. Let's go to his dismissal, which by, I mean, some people have presented it as controversial. I don't, I don't see it that way. I'm not sure how, okay, where yeah. you fell on this, Cam, but the Crawley uh, dismissal, I've watched Mitchell Stark bowl for the majority of his career. And he's got a lot of those style of leg befores where you watch it live and especially on the first replay, which is always over the, they usually move the camera, well, sorry, the, the camera they use is the one over the top of the bowler from right arm over, which is the standard ball tracking camera. You get that one and you feel like it's pitching outside leg, but the bang on camera with ball tracker is more generous than the impression you get when you're watching the first replay. So. It's a bit of an optical illusion. So I've got no problem with the technology or the application of it. I think it's just something that, yeah, as I say, that the best comparison is Mitchell Stark getting a lot of leg befores on 
DRS that people are like, oh, hang on a second, that's pitched outside leg, when I think the same thing happened here with Kuldeep and, and Crawley, and it was hitting more than 50% of leg stumps. So it's not like it was an umpire's call. It was given, not out, and overturned on the field. So that was the, I mentioned that bang, bang before lunch. That's the first one with Crawley, who batted so well. And no conjecture with Bairstow, just got nowhere near it with Boomerang, who, of course, was going to influence the game when it mattered. I was really confused um, by the controversy that kind of followed the Crawley dismissal. Not a controversy is maybe too strong a word, but in real time, it didn't look. It looked a bit off. You're like, oh, maybe that pitched outside leg, or maybe it's a bit high. And then you kind of take a beat and you go, well, he's gone right back. At, he's taken a big step back towards his stump, so he's deep in his crease. If this is pitched in line, he's in loads of trouble, and so it kind of bore out. But I was, yeah, I was, yeah. I was confused when I was in a room of like seven eight people they went that's not right like the drs is on the take kind of thing i went i thought it was out lads i thought that was uh, hitting the stumps um but yeah it, it was a real shame because and i think to your point of it was a surprise that it was out was shown by the indian celebrations because so often kind of drs it has that var effect where it takes away that glorious that kind of wicket taking moment that that sheer moment mm. of joy obviously it's not out on the field so you do get a surprise of like a bit of excitement but because there were two mo- there were two pits of doubt, it was, did it pitch in line? And if it's hitting, is it hitting enough of the stumps for it to be that red sign on the big screen rather than the orange one? And as the kind of screen's loading through, everyone's looking at, all the Indian players are looking up. Right, we've got pitching in line, that's red. Ball tracking comes down, and then third red light flashes up, and Kuldeep Yadav is off. It's a huge celebration. It was a great moment for the Indian team because it was such a big breakthrough. And at that point, I think it was about 250 to win and four wickets down. And you were really, maybe even been fewer than that. And you could see it happening. You were, you were working it out in your head. You're like, well, if Crawley gets another 40 mm. and Bairstow gets another 40, then Stokes and Folks only need about, I don't know, 80 or 90 between them. And then Tom Hartley gets 30. And you could do the maths. It could work. It could make sense. <laughs> um, but then, well, three minutes later, and you realise the size of the task that was ahead of him. Uh, John, Johnny Bairstow, yes, it's umpire's call, but it's also just like out. He's just absolutely smashed on the back pad. Yeah. Um, and that did that ruined the game, unfortunately. It won India the match, but it ruined the game. It ruined the fun. So uh, there we go. Yeah, so so where Kuldeeps is probably given not out on the field for 100 years, Bairstow's is given out on the field for 100 years. Like pre-DRS, I'm yeah. saying. Like that, that Bairstow one's getting given every single day, just the, yeah, the body language of it and... The cool deep one. We've been we've been on a bit of a, a bit of a process. We've been educated on what um, constitutes the stumps and in line with spinners, especially left armers. I I come back to that earlier point where we're so used to in condition to watching the game from a right arm over perspective that when it's the other side of the pitch with a left armer, I think that's just a the way our cricket brains are hardwired, and that's fine. And, and you know, as much as I'd love to lean into a conspiracy theory about you know Jay Shah tinkering the DRS from his office in Ahmedabad, like that's I saw not him what's going on here. I right? saw so, him doing it, actually. Um, play on he was, there. He was, he was behind me in the box and he went, it's red, <laughs> P- push the red button. And I went, Jay. And he went, she went, Cameron, shut up. And I was like, okay, all right, I won't tell anyone. So yeah, the Jay Shah was in the back of the box actually doing the doing the DRS. But don't tell anyone that, please. It was uh, very controversial. No, no, no I won't. Oh, you've got to be a bit careful with these kind of gags. I don't always land gay, Cam. Last week when you spoke about Boomer being a <laughs> chucker, some people took that very, 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 very seriously. Yeah, um, so there, was there wasn't going to be a Stokesian uh, twist today. I just want to... So we'll move to after lunch. We'll keep ticking over. So, well, Besto, just in passing, I'll note that it's another start for him. We thought after his tour in 2021, it was going to be the spinning ball that would be a problem. But, you know, what do you know? Boomer at pace at the stumps um, is going to be the major challenge for Besto through the remainder of the series. So it comes down to Stokes. It felt 
to me when they came back from lunch and they would have had you know all that belief injected into them in the dressing room that's the way this England team operate there were comparisons to Lords in 2023 the board was broadly the same the target was broadly the same um, folks is a pretty dependable guy to put on a partnership at a tough time we've seen that throughout his test career and they do absorb pressure pretty well for the first half an hour after lunch but uh, it, it was an odd running um, mishap from Stokes in that he didn't really take off. He took it too casually. The stumps are thrown down uh, by Shreya Sire. Not the first time in the series he's had an influence with his fielding. I just want to uh, provide credit to, it's either Safraz or Kuldeep. On commentary, they said um, Safraz. I've been later told in my Twitter replies it was Kuldeep when two balls before the Stokes run out, he plays a sweep shot off the pad. It's trickling away for four and it's a diving effort to drag it in about two inches away from the rope. They get three instead of four. Folks is on strike. They take that quick single. If that goes for four, then Stokes is on strike. And I don't want to sort of, and Jeff and I in the past have been critical of um, uh, of being too uh, too uh, causative with what happens after something doesn't happen. However, this is, uh, this is the case where two balls before it would have meant a different person was on strike. So that does ultimately uh, play a role in, in having uh, the opportunity and they take it. It's comparable to the Jadeja moment last week on the final day. At Hyderabad, once Jadeja went, it felt like India's hopes were more or less dashed, and so it was this time with Stokes. So there wasn't going to be, you know, that, that as I said before, that Stokesian miracle today, and there was far too much left to the lower order after they fell to 220 for six. Yeah, the Stokes thing was really weird, and also because he's such an untouchable figure at this point, because it, like even the likes of me, who's meant to be pragmatic and level-headed about it all, like loves it. I've, I've watched so much cricket in my life, and this is new and exciting, and so I buy into it, and I want it to succeed because it's fun. <coughs> but then he just jogs through for a single, and you're like, well, how, what, what, what does he say? If that's anyone else, and you go back into the changing room, it's like, ah, sorry, lads. Like, you'd get absolutely crucified for that, and kind of rightly so. He's, he's had a jog to the other end, and Shreya Zaya, who's fielded wonderfully in this test match, in this series, he had the catch yeah. in the first innings for Zach Crawley, which changed the tide of that innings. This kind of cemented mm -hmm. England's death here, and he also had made an incredible diving stop in the slips earlier in today. Obviously, it's kind of completely different. It was just kind of saved four as opposed to changed the tide of the match. But it kind of spoke to... I don't think I realised until this series, and maybe this is a failure on my part, just how good a fielder he was. Because he's been dictating matches kind of as in the in the tangible intangibles, I'll call them, in terms of it's not bulk runs out in the middle of 80, but it is making a tangible difference in the blah, blah, blah. Who cares? But something that made me really... Something I thought about with Stokes and Folks, and something that really frustrated me, is it made me go back a day and kind of think, Ryan Armored at three... In hindsight, I actually think it's a very bad idea. And the reason I think that, as fun as it is, as much as I enjoyed it, it meant you only have five wickets of Ben Stokes. Like, and that is, he's your, he's your trump mm. card. He's the main guy. You want as much time for Ben Stokes as possible. It also means you have Ben Folks at eight. And Folks has said publicly, he said to us last week, he went, I don't really like batting with the tail. Like, I bat five for Surrey. I feel much more comfortable when I am just batting with another batter at the other end because we're just playing cricket. That's fine. That's why all the praise he gets is for his century partnerships with other batters because he's like, yeah, I'm just batting. Whereas when I have to bat with the tail, I don't really know how to, play, to pace my innings. So as fantastic and fun as, as exhilarating it, as it was for Ryan Armour to go up to three, I think it actually weakened the batting lineup as a whole because it meant you had less of your best player and you had less of 
your kind of like banker, your kind of solid pressure valve player who you'd like to just turn over the runs and get 30 or 40 supporting Joe Root, Johnny Bairstow, Ben Stokes with England five down instead. Um, so yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting if England mm. will pursue that strategy again because I think really, I don't think it actually works. But maybe, maybe I'm being captain hindsight, who knows? Well, Stokes after play was fairly bullish about it having worked because they knocked off 67 runs or whatever it was last night. But yeah, there's always that debate around using night watchman, night watcher, night hawk, whatever you want to call it over time that you occasionally hear someone say, well, maybe they should flip the batting order. They should have a dynamic batting order and have the bowlers up front like they did at Melbourne in 1937 with Bradman coming in at seven and playing the greatest innings of the 20th century. I, I get all of that, but it does mean that you are, as you point out, loading it towards the back and you have um, uh, you have a player like Stokes batting with the tail more often than not. Um, he was batting with folks today who felt fitting that Boomer would have one more last surge and so it was with Boomer, you know, that slower ball he bowls to folks, caught and bowled and so on. It, thinking about what happened two days ago and reflecting on our conversation then. So it's not only that Boomer can execute at a really high level, right? That, that in-swinging Yorker, a great example of that. He executes like five or six different deliveries at that level of like, you know, the 99th percentile or something like that. I'm not sure I've ever seen a bowler who does so many things as well as him all at the same time, often all in the same spell or the same over. And that again comes back to the the weird t T20 cricket and the generation where he's come through, you know, the, the story of Boomer learning with the tape ball and all the rest of it has got him reaching this top table and having the type of variety that bowlers just did not did not have 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Wonderful bowlers that they were. Boomer does something different again. So his last two wickets of this 9 for 91 across the match, a slower ball that's at about 125 clicks returned to him and an absolutely unplayable to Hartley to end the test match, taking his off stump out of the ground, which also, also felt fitting that having um, taken stumps out of the ground earlier in the match that he would do so again, ending another nice... Uh, performance from Tom Hartley with the bat. He's made it to 25, I think, in every innings he's played in tests so far, but this wasn't going to be. And um, I also like that Boomerat was recognised as player of the match. Of course, it's toss of a coin. Jaiswell making a double hundred uh, in, in a match where uh, they've won by 106 runs and there's not been a 100-run stand in the whole thing. That That is so important to the Indian victory. Don't get me wrong. But uh, the decisive moment on day two was Boomerat, and I think that's a fair enough shout. Yeah, he's He's probably the most box office kind of cricketer on show in, in, in his own way. I, I've always been fascinated. The first time I saw him live was, uh, I think, the 2021 series in England. And I didn't realise how long his run-up was and how much of it was just walking in and how the TV camera actually cuts to him late. You don't realise that he's actually started about seven seconds before you ever see him on TV. And he starts running so close to the umpire, you kind of, it almost looks like he's forgotten to start his run-up and you kind of want to let, remind him that, oh, mate, you've got, you've got bowled in about five steps. And it, because of how unusual he is and because of his skill set, he just kind of amalgamates into this incredible cricketer. And the, the, the game plan from England actually seemed pretty Jasper Brimmerer, um, directed the first over of the day Zach Crawley kind of left the maiden through yesterday the first over of the innings went for just one and I kind of turned to uh, Kevin Garside my colleague and friend on my left and I was like I think they're just going to leave and block out Boomer for one end and then they're just going to go for it at the other like I think they have to have a Jasper Boomer dependent strategy he will dictate how they go about mm. this run chase and that's such a compliment to a 
a player, especially from a team, who kind of have the, have the, have the bravado about them. And they go, oh, no, we don't really care what, what you're going to throw at us. We're going to attack you twice as hard. Well, actually, it's kind of impossible to do that, Jasper Bremer, because he operates, as you say, on such a high level. And I thought it was just the best finish when I was standing down pitch side about to do the post-match interviews and the zing bells light up, off stump hits the ground. Tom Hartley, yeah, get out of here, mate. That is as out as they come. Huge roar goes around. <laughs> Ashwin pumping the fist, running in, boomer in the middle of the pitch, arms in the air. It was a fit against the test match. It was the right way it should have finished. So much better than like just nick offs or whatever, stumps on the floor. No, a fantastic performance from Boomer. And it's a real, yeah, it's a real, real treat to be able to watch him operate. Yeah, Ashwin 500 getting uh, his old nemesis, Jimmy Anderson, out would have been nice for other reasons as far as the storylines that would have flowed from that. But he can park that for nine days, which is where we go next to Radjkot. Two very high scoring test matches there. One in 2016 where England had the better of a draw where Root and Stokes both made centuries. And in 2018, India racked up 649 for nine, declared them one by innings and plenty where... Uh, Coley and, and Judasia both made centuries. Coley, by the way, uh, I heard on your talk sport coverage broken by Neil Manthorpe that uh, um, AB de Villiers has put something on YouTube where he's revealed the real the reason why Coley's not been playing is the birth of their, oh. their second child. So um, okay. that would suggest that Coley will be back for the third test match if that intel is correct from AB via manners to us here on the final word. Uh, so Rajkop is where you eventually get next. We might talk about that a little bit in the Hall of Fame coming up in a moment. The Final Word Hall of Fame is brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. Valentine's Day. In 1950, the West Indies came to England and beat them for the first time away from home thanks to those pals of mine, Sonny Ramadan and Alf Valentine. And now every February 14, we celebrate that historic series win by exchanging flowers and chocolates with our loved ones or totally ignoring them. That's entirely your prerogative. But if you are romantically inclined, get yourself down to Westfield London or Westfield Stratford City and express your love materialistically, which was the style at the time. Whether you're after flowers, chocolates, cards, jewellery, perfume, or some after-hours accessories, you can find something for that special person in your life. Um, Valentine's Day for me will be celebrating my daughter's fourth birthday. Um, I feel duty-bound to check in, Cam. Just check in. Things status quo? Uh, There were a lot of messages the other day asking if things have improved. Is it status quo or any replies yet? Look, the two blue ticks—they could be—they could be fatal. We'll find out. We'll give it time. I reckon we've got oh, about no. six, six to eight weeks. Yeah, oh, this is this is this is why we didn't. This was this is why. If I've learned anything over my broadcasting, brief broadcasting career, is don't drunkenly send in a voice note from the Caribbean to a podcast that then gets played <laughs> out. I think. It's, oh it's, right, it's, she it's, heard it. Did she hear you on no, the? No, uh, no, on no, the no, no. She didn't. She didn't hear that, but she did. I, I remember um, I was doing a, a show with Sam Ellard from TalkSport when I was working, doing some work from them as well. And um, he, he was party to all the information, so he'd often ask me. Um, and I, I think she was aware that it was being broadcast. I, I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I'm just falling into the same trap, aren't I? Just talking about it publicly when there's literally no, no, nothing going on. There's nothing happening, guys. There's nothing happening. And if there is, you'll be the I first think you should. I think I think there's... Grand gestures on Valentine's Day, and this is kind of in keeping yeah. with what Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City are saying here, can often yeah. do the trick. So I wouldn't rule that out. I, I reckon using the podcast to, to relay to the wider world what you said to me um, before you took <laughs> off for India and, where, and how, how you felt about this may not be the worst thing in the world, is all I'm saying. I think she so might I, hear it. Maybe a mate of hers likes cricket. She puts the pieces. She's from Melbourne, right? Puts the pieces together. You know, Jeff and I are from Melbourne. You know, these things could, these things could sequence nicely for you. I don't know. 
So what we're doing is you go like, hey, uh, um, no, we haven't chatted in uh, uh, six weeks. Here's a moon pig proposal card. Just go, just go straight, just go straight <laughs> to the end. Full romance. That's the most romantic thing you can do, actually, is just propose to people. I've heard people like that a lot. Um, but yeah, what a treat. What a treat for all involved. Final word moment of the day for Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. Uh, I will begin. How about the old double review? Um, this was uh, oh, an I Ashwin, knew you'd be all over this. Uh, given out on the field, reverse sweep. I actually don't mind it, and I'll tell you why. So in 2021, Rowett was given not out on the field at Chennai when he made that incredible 100 on that shit tip uh, on day one. I mean, Rowett was batting on a different pitch, different planets, right? And at one moment, I don't remember who was bowling, but they only ran Snicko through for the edge at the front. They didn't run it as the ball comes out the back and clips his glove. And Mark Butcher was on TV commentary and, and and really got stuck into the third umpire for it. I'm pretty sure Jeff and I had a decent gallop on that on the Daily Show at the time as well, making the case for specialised third umpires. But I quite enjoyed how the Indian team were aware of that. And they spoke to Chris Gaffney, who called upstairs, spoke to Paul Rifle, and that's like, okay, yes, let's do that. Let's yeah. let's go through the technology a second time. Let's not be rigid in our thinking here. We've got, we've got it here. Let's use it properly. So, yeah, it took an extra minute, and that's annoying, and it's a bit weird, but... I, I reckon that's better than the alternative if that did by chance um, clip the back of the bat and they missed it on the way out because they were stubbornly trying to get the game moving on. Yeah, for sure. And Mark Butch has never been seen in India since. Maybe as I don't know. Um, but also <laughs> the, 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 confu- <coughs> the confusing thing was because it's been given out on the field, but it's been given out courts and it becomes aware that actually it's hitting his arm, not his glove. And then you roll it through and it's umpire's call on the LBW. And so umpire's call was out, but actually yeah. it was out because it was caught, not out LBW, so it stands. It was There was a lot going on and I was watching it all unfold and I was thinking to myself, Adam Collins is on another continent, absolutely loving this. Um, my Hall of Fame, uh, absolutely, Mukesh Kumar, Nicking off Shah Bashir at the end mm. of the day, yes, uh, the Olympic lifeguard gets off the mark. I'm I was so happy for him. Uh, I don't know if he'll ever play uh, in this series ever again, but he was so pleased and rightly so. Fair play. I think it was it was he was staring down the barrel of a kind of a pretty miserable kind of four or five days and scorecard. My second uh, Hall of Fame moment of the day to go back to the Crawley dismissal was the clip of Joe Root and Anderson in the changing room, kind of properly staring, zoomed in on the screen to be like, has that, has that actually hit? Yes. Yes, it has, lads. That is out. So, um, yeah, Mukesh Kumar and mm. Jimmy and Joe not believing the Hawkeye in front of their eyes. Yeah, I, I like the Mukesh. I had that written down as well. The huge smile on his face. I was surprised he got another bowl. Oh. None for 19 from two yesterday. That can often be your lot in life as the second seamer in India. A couple of overs to take the shine off the ball and the spinners do the rest. But did get the chance, did get in the book. And that's the end of his test match. That's the end of us as well for today, Cam. Uh, you're off to Goa? Yes, indeed. Off to Goa tomorrow morning. I, I mucked up. I booked, managed to book my flight out of here on day five, not after the match. Luckily, these guys have finished it up. I'm going to pinch Vish for a review show. We'll be back with the journalist of sorts for the preview or the Indian update of before test three, when we should know whether Virat Kohli is going to play or not. To add to your AB de Villiers thing, I just heard someone say 50-50. Uh, from a, a source close to the Indian camp. Don't know how true that is. Uh, but yeah, so right. again, I can, t- I can tell you that Joe Root is either injured or not injured, and I can tell you that Virat Kohli will either be playing the third test or won't be playing <laughs> the third test. So if you, if you want clarity on anything else, what a, let me know. 
you heard it here second on the final word. What a news hound, Cam Ponsonby. <laughs> all, all options on the table from our um, our diligent freelancer on the ground there at Vizek. Enjoy Goa. Beautiful place. Uh, we will catch up with you at Rajkot, but you'll speak to Vish tomorrow, as you say. This series is perfectly poised at one match apiece. India victorious by 106 runs. Our coverage, as always, for Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City, more extra, less ordinary. We'll talk to you soon. Sorry if I ran out to empty this, so you know what I meant here. I had to go.